This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, this is a Future of What single. If you want to get the whole thing, visit our website at KillRockStars.com slash The Future of What. Support for The Future of What comes from Merch Table. Since 2002, Merch Table has operated and managed online stores for hundreds of successful musicians, record labels, comedians, artists, and small businesses. Big or small, set up shop today by visiting merchtable.com. So my guest today is Dewey Halpas, and he does the Peer Pleasure podcast on the Jabberjaw Media Network. Yay! That's true. So Dewey, welcome to the Future of What? Oh, thank you for having me. So we're podcast network mates now. Yep, that's true. I feel true. like that's a weird thing to be, but it's <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah, I'm absolutely. like making I'm making a big deal out of it. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. This yeah. the network's really cool. I've been on it since I think October or November of last year. Awesome. So it's been a blast. So how long have you been doing the Pure Pleasure podcast? Since October. Like oh, okay. it was. So this it is was pretty fast. soon for you. Pretty pretty recent for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I started it in October. I had been working on it for probably four months trying to get it together and basically just thought to myself, there's two schools of thought. I could, you know, do a couple episodes, trash them, and then start at like episode five. But I knew with my personality, I would never do that. So I need to either put it out or not. Right. So I put out my first episode. And at that point, I'd already recorded the few episodes, but I released everything. Uh So episode one was technically episode five of what I had done, but still released it all. Right. Whether it sounded good or not. <laughs> and uh, called my buddy Matt Carter from Jabberjaw. And we were friends from, we toured back in the day with Emery and, and those guys when they were like first record coming up. And I was like, hey man, what's the deal with this network? You know, and, and he told me and he's like, I listened to your show. I liked it. I'm going to send it over to my partners and send it to them. And then I got on the phone with Mike Mowry and a day has not passed that we haven't talked most of the day wow. since that call. Oh, my God. So we really hit it off. He's a good dude, and and we're just throwing ideas at each other left and right. And at that point, the network was kind of dwindling a little bit. You know, the shows were still coming out, but the excitement had kind of died off a little bit. And so him and I hitting it off just kind of re-sparked that that, uh, excitement and and started, you know, putting these ideas together and then making calls for the guests and getting people fired up. And so some new life. So you were a musician. Yes. And what did you play and and who did you play with? We moved down from Alaska uh, in 2000. We were just in punk bands before then. Uh, Started when I was 13. Moved down when I was 18. Started a band called Anatomy of a Ghost. We signed to Rise Records back when Rise Records was really nothing. Like we had to fight Craig to master our record at that point. It was (laughs) $1,000. And uh, we had to to argue with him to master our record, to put out the money, because he'd never recouped a record. And we like, dude, we're going to tour on this as hard as we can. Like, this is our chance. And so we went out on tour. The first month, Fearless Records bought the record from Craig. So he made his money back and then a whole lot more. We ended up signing with Fearless and toured for a few years with that band, did Warp Tour and a bunch of, you know, full U.S. tours, never international. And then we broke up. I started a band called The Burning Room, which went on to Media Scare Records and released an album called We Invented Thunder. And then the other guys started Portugal The Man. Uh huh. So, you know, a year passed or so, and I got a call from Johnny, and he said, uh, hey, we got some 
shows in Santa Cruz with Dredge. They're sold out. Do you want to come play with us? It's like, of course. So got in the van, learned the set, went down, played those shows in Santa Cruz, and then just ended up being a touring guitarist for them for two or three years, which was awesome because we got to go to Europe and, and do some big U.S. tours and play some really good places. And So it kind of... It kind of came to a head where, I mean, I've been touring for a long time. I got a call from a band called Poison the Well, giving me an offer to play bass for them, which at the time was more my style. I liked the more aggressive music live. And they were touring more countries. So I was like, well, this is my shot to do some more countries. So I told, and this was the night before leaving for Europe with Portugal, the man. And once I told Johnny what I was going to do, I was like, when I get back, I'm going to go to Florida and, and play for Poison the Well. And he's like, cool, well, we'll replace you with us then. And, and everything was good. I was like, I'm going to do this tour. Tickets were bought. And about halfway through, I got an email from Ryan Primack from Poison Well that they had a big tour come along and they needed to go on it, had a buddy go out with them. And he ended up staying on. So I got back with no job. <laughs> so then I was like, you know what? I've toured a ton. I'm ready to do something else. And so I just kind of said, you know, I'm going to stop touring. So that's kind of how it came to an end. Yeah. Playing music you know, in a professional setting, but and yeah. your So your podcast is very interesting because basically you get people to tell you stories. Yeah. And how did you come up with that as an idea for a podcast? Well, I started listening to podcasts probably, I don't know, 2015. And getting into those, it was kind of interesting because I, you know, I had a lot of commutes to work and stuff. And it was just people talking. They said what they wanted to say. It wasn't like radio where you have to comply to certain things, you know, and I couldn't afford satellite radio. So podcasts were the next best thing just download and i'd just google someone or search in the podcast app for someone that i was curious about and a lot of times their name would come up i click on it and i listen to it for a few minutes and if it sounded terrible or things like that a lot of times i'd skip around but that's really what got me into it is wow it's just a conversation and then i was like all oh, these guys aren't asking the questions i want to ask these people why can't i do this you know i was like i have a lot of people i know in the music business that people probably want to hear from, you know, that I'm still friends with, and I want to catch up. So let's do it. And that's kind of how it came about. It's like there's a lot of music podcasts out there, but, you know, I try to, I have a, a varied bit of guests as well. There's people, I mean, things that have fascinated me. Like a lot of people ask me because they'll look at my list of guests I've had, and it's a lot of musicians. And then there's like an adult star here and there, or like I had Larry Livermore from Lookout Records on, which my dad called me in the middle of the night. It was like, I just finished Larry Livermore. It was awesome. He's like, I almost peed my pants because I didn't want to stop because I knew I'd just go to sleep. <laughs> so he listened to the whole episode and, you know, little things like that are, are awesome too. I think, you know, especially from my dad who, yeah. you know, doesn't know half the people that are on there, but he just likes the stories, which yeah. is the same thing I like. So definitely like that goes. But I think I've been thinking because I've, I've been talking this last couple weeks to mostly people who also have podcasts mm -hmm. and especially musicians because I feel like musicians kind of came to this late in the game. Mm -hmm. Comedians really got in on the ground floor. Like, you know, every comedian I know has like six podcasts at yeah. least. And plus that they also have different types of podcasts and different qualities. Like you said, that makes a big difference. Like we start listening to podcasts, it sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. The sound quality is crappy. I'm the same way. I'm like, mm, I don't yeah. think so. Or if it's like, I've definitely listened to a couple that are like three bro dudes and they're just like broing down and you have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, nope, next. Yeah. You know, it's like you want some content that you can hang on to that you're, that you're, that catches your attention. Sure. But I think it's interesting that musicians have been so late to the party 
And yet every musician I've talked to says that they got into podcasting from listening to podcasts on tour. Mm -hmm. So like mm -hmm. they were in the van for hours listening to podcasts and they were like, wait a second, I could do this. Yeah. Which I'm like, good job, guys. Like, this is <laughs> so true. This is such a perfect thing for musicians to do Yeah. because you can do it and still be a musician. This is actually something that can fit with that lifestyle. Sure. We used to do, we used to do tours where we... We used to share food. Like, we had such a small budget for food. We'd go to the dollar store, and each of us would buy something different from each of the bands. And then we'd stay at someone's house, and we could buy it. Like, you got chili. I've got mac and cheese. Let's make some chili mac or whatever. You know, it's kind of this <laughs> bonding experience. But we would drive so close to the band that had satellite radio because we could chime into it in our radio station. If we were within, like, two car lengths, <laughs> we could get to so We're like, hey, put on this comedy station or whatever. Okay. And we'd just literally just be like really unsafe with driving <laughs> that way. But uh, yeah, we would do that because we didn't have you know anything at that point except the regular radio. And when you're driving between states, as I'm sure you know, the stations get real bad. Oh, yeah, totally. Just, yeah. Yeah. I think I was telling Shane Told about radio baseball, uh -huh. which I think you guys are probably too young to remember because this was before there was any kind of internet, satellite, anything. Mm -hmm. And radio baseball is just a game you'd play on super long parts of your boring tour mm -hmm. where you'd push the seek button or the scan button and whatever it landed on, you had to, the whoever was up to bat, uh -huh. you got a chance to play, you know, to swing. Mm -hmm. And a single was the name of the song, a double was the name of the song and the band, triple song, band, and album title. And then a home run was if you could also name the year of release. Wow. But I mean, you would like field two full teams. Yeah. And it, you would do innings. I mean, it took forever, but it was a really fun game. That sounds awesome. It was yeah, actually we really did, We never did that. <laughs> I mean, it would be hard when you get to those really obscure local Christian stations or whatever. It was like, who totally. is this? You know? Totally. Yeah. Well, it was a ball if it landed on classical, jazz, or Spanish. Okay. Because that that's... was. <laughs> That, that had to be majority. a ball because the, most of us didn't know those yeah. songs at all. Although I once played with my sister who's a cellist uh -huh. and she knows classical like recordings yeah. like we know, you know, indie rock recordings. Yeah. She would be like, oh, that's the, you know, Bartol whatever, you know, fifth movement of fifth symphony whatever, yeah. by so-and-so <laughs> with first chair violin. And I'd be like, what? Yeah. So that's creepy. That's, that there are other people out there with that kind of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it was <laughs> good times, man. Yeah. I miss them. But podcasting is, uh, I was really searching for something creative I could do too, because mm -hmm. it's this, that spark doesn't go away when you're, you know, from music or, or anything, just creating. And oh, I've said it a couple of times on my show, but the other reason I wanted to do it is all my music I've put out, I'm either playing an instrument on the record or there's just like screaming and yelling. I have three kids and they won't really be able to listen to me when I'm gone because what I put out musically isn't really something that they'd sit down and, oh, there's dad, you know? But this, they're gonna have hours and hours and hours of content. They can sit down and listen to me talking to people, what I was thinking, what I was feeling, you know? Cause my intros and my outros, I don't script these. Like I just sit down with the microphone and talk. Like, I like, like Mark Marin does the same kind of thing. I'm pretty sure, I don't know 100% if he doesn't script them, but he just kind of rants mm -hmm. and I love it. Yeah. I try not to rant, but I just let it let it flow, you know, and I'll cut stuff out here and there, but I really just leave it as unedited as possible. Yeah. You know, if someone gets another call on the on the interview or something, I'll cut that out because right. that's boring. But, you know, if we mess up or say something wrong or whatever, I usually just leave it on. Uh -huh. Try to leave it natural. But And how do you do you know beforehand who has good stories no. or you just 
no. take someone you want to talk to and yeah. find out what they've got to say. It's a crapshoot. And I like that about it because it's exciting. The weird thing that I've come to realize with podcasting is, you know, when I first started out, I was like, cool, I'm going to have, you know, Johnny and Zach from Portugal Man on first and second episode. Kind of get people I'm very familiar with, known since middle school, spent countless hours with as an e way to ease into it. Scheduling and everything kind of prohibited that because they're working on that new record. So I just started off with, I mean, I emailed a bunch of people right away and almost all of them said yes. Then I was like, oh no, I have to record all these. <laughs> so I started doing that. And then I'm like, I have like seven interviews. This is going to take seven weeks before I get to this person's interview to oh put it God. out. And uh, yeah, so it, it was just mixing people I don't know with people I do. And the people I don't know, a lot of times it's easier to talk to than the guys that I've known forever just because I'm trying to keep all the inside jokes out of it. Because the oh, listener yeah. doesn't get it. See, that's like the three bros. Yeah. That's no fun to listen to. Exactly. Funny thing about that. But I have to find a balance because I want them to hear some of it because mm -hmm. I want it to be natural. But at the same time, I have to stop myself sometimes and be like, or explain things. For yeah. those of you listening, this is what this means, you know. Absolutely. But with Johnny and Zach, that was a tough one because we just basically talk in inside jokes and, no doubt. and stuff. So, yeah. but. <laughs> I, I think probably for me, the most interesting thing about podcasting is it's like, the internet has given us this new technology that lets us do, I'm trying to find a way to phrase it that sounds right. It's like crowdfunding for information, like for, or like intelligence funding or something like that, where basically it's like all these people are able to get an insight into things that people like us do mm -hmm. for a living without actually ever having to do it, you yeah. know? And it's, it's similar with, it's across the board, right? People are out there doing, I mean, there's a podcast about almost anything. Like you said, if you have really an is. interest, you just Google it and you can find somebody who's doing a podcast on, you know, valve cleaning yeah. in New Mexico exactly. or something. Exactly, exactly. Whatever it is that you're interested in, you yeah. can actually find that. And I think that's amazing because I love it. It's so unregulated. Mm -hmm. And so like, just do it, just whatever you want, you know, find people and talk to them and you know, put this information out there. And I think it's really a cool thing. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's awesome. You can literally find anything. And it's interesting because a lot of people in entertainment or, you know, radio and stuff, people like to listen to themselves talk. And, you know, and that's a good thing because a lot of people have a lot of good things to say. And I book for the Bad Christian podcast here and there. They kind of approached me because Matt was telling me, he's like, you get some good guests on there. What do you do? And I was like, I just email them and ask them, you know, politely, you know, would you like to come on the show? Most of the time they say yes. And sometimes the hard part is getting their contact information. Mm -hmm. I don't like dealing with publicists. You know, they're not all bad, but I definitely don't like going through that channel. And if I can go through a manager or someone directly with the band, a lot of bands don't even know who their publicist is. So when I booked for them, Matt kind of approached me about that. And he's like, here's a list of people I want to talk to. I was like, all right, I'll start reaching out to him. And one of them, his number one ever was Dan Carlin. And so I did some research online and I found his manager, business manager. And I emailed her and about three weeks went by and I got an email back and she's like, yeah, Dan would love to come on the show. And I was like, really? Okay. And I called Matt and I was like, hey, are you sitting down? He's like, yeah, what's going on? It's like, you're going to do Dan Carlin next week. He's like, shut up, shut up. No, <laughs> no. And he used some other words, but I was like, no, he's coming on the show. And then he's like, I can't believe this. Like, that's my number one. I was like, I know. He's like, what'd you do? I said, I just emailed and asked, you know, professionally, would you like to come on the show? Told her what the numbers were, you know, and, and explained the show very well because I didn't want any surprises later. And he came on the show. It was awesome. 
it was a great episode and Matt was super stoked on it. So he's like, why don't you try booking for us for a while? So I was like, okay, you know, it's like, I'm not going to put much time into it because I have, you know, my show, three kids, a full-time job, school stuff, like I have very little time. So I put in a few hours a month and, and get them some guests here and there, but I just got a guest for him, Ailette Waldman. She's a oh, I author. Know. I know who she the is. The microdosing LSD yes. girl. Yes. And they had a great episode with her. They've been very interested in that whole thing. So that was fun. And then getting to listen to those episodes when they're done, mm-hmm. you get this feeling of accomplishment. It feels good, but you know. <laughs> awesome. But yeah. Great. Long, long story. <laughs> so what what do you guys have coming up on Pure Pleasure? Anything exciting? Uh, well, this, I'm not sure when this is going to go up, but we have Ian McKay's coming on this Saturday. I did that one two weeks ago, record the episode. We're having uh, a few of the Outer Loop bands come on. So I think uh, today at three, I'm doing uh, Mike Schleibaum from Darkest Hour which I'm stoked about. I've been a fan of that band for a long time. And we've got like a, a Ryan Soley from Billers and Butchers is going to come on. We've been buddies since Alaska back when he was in the Born Losers. And and so, yeah, just got, it's, at this point, I'm doing like you know, maybe two or three weeks out before I was planning way ahead. But it just didn't seem fair to the guests to put it out that long. And things were becoming unrelevant by the time mm, it came out. So interesting. trying yeah. to juggle that. But uh Cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up. I've got some more bigger guests I'm working on that haven't fully committed yet. But see, we do. I just reach for the stars with it, and that's what Mike says too. He's like, "Man, you just shoot for whatever." It's like, <laughs> what's the problem with that? You know, that's the way to do. You that's might my, as well that's ask. my attitude. That's why when your thing came through, my buddy Chase works for X-ray, so he told me about the station. I've been listening to it, and I listened to Future of What. And when it, the request came through, Matt had sent it out to Mike and I, like, "Hey, what do you guys think of this show?" And I immediately I was like. This show's awesome. I've been listening to it for a while. And, and they're like, wow, well, you want to write them back? And I was like, well, of course I do. And so, you know, wrote back, like, let's talk, you know, because, you know, them being, well, Matt being in Seattle and, and Mike on the East Coast, Matt's kind of more into a different style of, of music than than you guys do, which is, you know, which is good because we have some varying styles. And Mike's more in the metal world and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it was kind of a cool little thing because that's how I started working more with Jabberjaw and doing more for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, than just being a host. Right. So. Well, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for helping bring us on yeah, board. Absolutely. We appreciate it. Absolutely. We're glad to have you guys. I mean, it's so. awesome. It's just a, it's just a big family. Yeah. And you're doing South by Southwest, I think. Yeah. So Very excited about gonna that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Cool. Well, do we help us? Thanks so much for coming on The Future of What? You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Did you like what you heard? Then subscribe to The Future of What and thanks for listening. 